Hello there, welcome to the Sample Axis Podcast, episode number three. Feels good to be back. My name is Buiga, I'm here with Nelson, and of course, uh, what we do here is to give you some backstories about songs that were sampled, which songs sampled which songs, and we try to compare uh, how long they are apart, what kind of influence was exactly sampled from a song, is it the beat, is it the vocals, is it progression of the song, we just try to have fun talking to you about that. Like many people already know, a lot of songs that we know today come from either you know someone listening to an old song and then trying to remake the song or um, doing a cover or doing just a sample a tiny bite of the song whatever that is uh, we're here to uh, make sense of that concept called sampling welcome to the podcast once again my name is Buiga Deoya today we have um, you know a tiny break from the last two episodes this is the third episode the last two episodes we did uh, two pairs uh, where we take two songs sampled by two older songs but today we are doing like a three in one mix i will explain that when we uh, get to the program really today uh, that's like saying we pick one song that was sampled by two different artists because there are many many songs in fact that have been sampled multiple times <laughs> i'm sure uh, there is a record of one song sampled uh, up to 50 times or more so yeah uh, today we are looking at one song sampled uh, twice uh, that's the third episode the summary but we'll get to all of that it's so great to be here again to talk about music and you know how music has progressed along the years and the difference between music of then and now mm-hmm. and the fact that we have like you know new sounds originating tapping from older songs as you yeah. said earlier that's the whole idea of sampling that's why i feel personally like sampling is beautiful and the fact that we're going into um, a particular um kind of sound today which i'm very very like you know this is my this is kind of like my niche this is where i Old love music. to I, yeah I, I thrive in this part of you know music because i love that particular sound and that's why i'm really excited and the fact that i could see that we have about two nigerian songs that came out from or were inspired by that particular sound mm. that's what's really exciting about this particular song that we're going into um the song that we're going to be talking about today that at two nigerian artists have sampled um is um cool and the gangs get down on it yeah that song uh well for people like us who don't like old music like you <laughs> once yeah. in a while when that that song comes on no matter how you know how much of a non oldie fan are you uh, no matter how much it is you don't like old music you once in a while there are some very popular songs from old times that come back to the radio yeah every thursday when people do yeah blast from the thursday past or throwback thursday friday yeah. there are some special songs that keep coming back yeah. and of course cool and the gang for instance one of the bs songs that keep coming back is celebration yeah celebration when, yeah when you make jingles maybe for maybe it's a celebration jingle that's like the go-to you know sound. that, go that, to, be, that to, beginning bit celebration time come on that song is like a go-to because i mix jingles that song is like a go-to um you know um signature song for celebration jingles so and then when you get to know the backstory of the song and then i think recently it was only recently from your show uh blast from the past that i got to know that oh this is cool and the gang oh uh, cool cool and then i learned about 
other songs of theirs. Before we get to Kula Niganga and all that, we, yeah. we, we were trying to explain something about African music. Yeah, yeah, the progression of African music yeah, so from we'll, time being. We'll, we'll, we'll take, you know, snippets. We'll, we'll just take uh, some takes. Uh, we'll give you our takes on uh, something about African music that we want to feature today. Then we get to uh, Kula Nigang celebration sampled by two other Nigerian acts. Uh, in this case, we have P-Square featuring T.I. Ejaju, and also we have Alpha Ojini, uh, uh, a song from his debut album. We are going to be talking about two of those songs sampled Kula Nigang's celebration. Yes. Kula no, Nigang's no, no, get, get down, down on it. it. Yeah. Uh, let's get to that, Nelson. All right. Um, so, yeah, talking about the um, African sound and how it has progressed for the past, like, 30 to 40 years, you could see that um, the early parts of the 80s, Nigerian sounds were more um, mirrored sounds of those part- that particular era. Mm. In terms of, you had people like people like Chris Mba, Chris Okoti, trying to look like, you know, uh, Michael Jackson and mm. sound like him, so it was kind of like usual. But then the way it wasn't more, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like they were trying to reinvent new sound. They just literally fed off the same energy. When I mean fed off the same energy, is like you sound, you won't sound exactly like um, Michael Jackson. Or speaking, of, speaking of which, it, I think it's been like that for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I That's, saw a fella documentary where he, I think he was pointing fingers at some musicians who were. Uh, James Brown wannabe. Yeah, yeah. I think those were Nigerians. But I mean, you can't blame them really as at that time because... I'm trying to link that to the new generation. Oh, yeah. We in this generation too, until recently, when Afrobeats found a Started footing... Started popping. When, when Afrobeats found a footing in the global music market. Before now, we knew that Nigerian musicians were trying to sound like some type of New York artist. The rappers were sounding this type of way. Uh, those who except those who held it down with the cultural music that's yeah. why you know uh, the Fuji section Juju music I mean, in the Fuji section even like I remember as at 1998 Obisheri was he did a couple of songs that were Michael Jackson like mm. now a lot of people would argue with me on that but if anybody that knows Obisheri's like songs very well but it's still culturally based only that like let's let's differentiate between people who use New York beats to want to rap like oh like New, New York Yorkers rappers. like New Yorkers and separate from Obesary's band that was playing traditional pretty much traditional yeah but music. using an element of yeah. Michael Jackson maybe you know? sometimes Saeed Oshupa you might hear maybe his trumpeter playing a, 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 a Michael Jackson song that's like that's a good way to sample yeah if yeah you get my point yeah, so not yeah doing a cover not using the same in fact some rappers at some time in Nigeria were trying to they were almost saying they were selling drugs that's not your that's not your story <laughs> well, so, you, you so get, you yeah I, get, but I do I do yeah. get the idea but the thing is that's why I'm happy about like how the country or how the music industry in Nigeria has progressed um, we know I'm not very good with structure but like the talent has always been there and we've always been showing it it was very hard as at that time for people to be able to you know sound like another artist yeah. you know like it was that was a very difficult thing I mean it got to a point anybody that knows Chris Okote's story as a musician he's a pastor now as a musician he would know that you or he or she would know at some point Chris Okote dropped the whole act of I'm trying to be like Michael Jackson and started yeah. to sound original yeah. so I think it's kind of like the go-to things sometimes for some acts you know maybe especially when they're trying to find themselves mm. so like you know that phase of um, okay I'm trying to see who I am as an artist but maybe Nas is like my inspiration so I feel like the best way for me to 
bring out my acts like sounding like Nas yeah. and sound like that. And but it actually changed, man. Shout out to people like Obi Onyoha. Um, shout out to um, Venom Ariyoge. Shout out to people like Theodora Ifudu. That kind of they they were sounding like that, but the the African elements. Oh, Oyinka Owenu. That would be very bad if I don't say her name. Yeah. Uh, like people like that. Even Oyinka Owenu's One Love. I mean, the first time I heard One Love, it was too good to be a Nigerian song. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, but you understand it the idea. So good. It was too good to. It didn't, like, what Nigeria? Speaking of which, now, um, Ve- Venom Mariogi, I keep forgetting. I hope Venom Mariogi has a song. Okay, that's that same song that I like. Nigeria go survive. Mm. If you listen to the production, that's that Tambasi Records, by the way. That is so. Yeah, Tambasi Records so, was really big. Oh, now you guys always play songs from some guys like uh, I think. The Tavares. Tavares. Yeah. And there are, I'm not sure it's Tavares I'm trying to refer to now, but there are some songs that the beats are so disco. There are these disco type beats mm. that Venom Marioge sounded almost exactly like. Now, listen to Oyinka Wenu. I don't know if it's the same era. Oyinka Wenu's Iogogo. Mm. That was cultural. Yeah. I can still say Oyinka Wenu at that time sounded a lot more Nigerian than people like Venom. Well, you know, Venom had, Venom's major album was 94. That's, um, Nigeria Go Survive the album. Yeah. That album had like six songs. And out of those six songs, I think Nigeria Go Survive was the biggest, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think Nigeria Go Survive was actually the only song I'm thinking, I'm ready to stand corrected. I've listened to the album like four or five times. So I think, oh well, no, four or five times is small. I've listened to it a lot. But, that particular Nigerian Go Survive song, I actually know it was it was sampled from either Tavares or Lakeside. Yeah, okay. That's it was a sample of a beat. Yeah. But it was just the beat. But Every you can, other you thing. I tell the beat sounded the same. Yeah, yeah, it sounded like it sounded like Lakeside's um Fantastic Voyage and one of that um, Tavares' song, I can't remember now. But like she sounded a certain way. That's why it was cool. The sampling was cool. Trust me, I loved it. Yeah. Because you know she, you like you knew she took the beat from somewhere else, mm. but the way she laid it. Mm. And then there was a Nigerian you, story. Too. Yeah, you could feel the Nigerian. There was no, that's what I'm saying. That's why there's something you call like, you know, perfect sampling, which mm-hmm. is, I'm actually very proud of what Amafa or Genie and P-Square did, or even though P-Square took the line and redid it. Yeah. But I mean, there was still this Nigerian feel, not like the complete mirroring, which was a major problem from 80s down to like, I'm talking about the DZKs. The um, you know remedies at some point they wanted to sound like the New Yorkers yeah, and um, yeah. you know um, I'm tr- I'm trying to, their names are so much like I can't remember that it was Dan like I. a fever everybody if whatever came from London or New York was cool cool yeah yeah so we have to but play. you don't blame them as at that time those were the people that were actually selling albums this, music has changed and it, people need to know that like now you can just sit down in your house and stream mm. then you have to sell records yeah. now I'm sorry I, actually, I, I'm sorry this is a bit of digress but I have to pay tribute to Prince Nico Mbago Prince Nico Mbago oh, sang yeah. Sweet Mother and sold 13 million records in Africa that's an album yeah it's no just that, it wasn't even an album the just single you know how we do records there now yeah, vinyl yeah, records yeah, yeah, yeah. he sold 13 million Whoa. in the whole of Africa not outside of Africa really Afri- yeah 13 million big at the time? I don't think there's any other person that has sold that amount of records in Africa till now what I'm ready to sound uh, corrected um, Sweet Mother Sweet Mother I, I can't remember the year right now but I'll come well, back what, to that what decade yeah of course it's 80s 90s late now, 80s 90s we were going we were talking about African progression, progression of, of African, African sound sounds. but the ni- we're using Nigeria as the main perspective now what's what is our uh, takeaway from what you have observed over the years as you know 
the changes that have happened to Africans essentially? Um, okay, this is, uh, I'll take it decade by decade. As at the 70s, we had our own pure sounds. You know, they had the um, Oriental Brothers, the mm. Victoria Waifus, and the, you know, uh, Victor Olayas mm. doing the Nigerian cultural sound. High life. High life, you know, high life, um, Juju, as at that point, Akpala too. But when we came into the 80s, the 80s was the Jivey time. So basically, they had to change. So people like the other, the OGs, they kept on doing what they were doing. Mm. But the new guys that were coming out, those guys, I'm so sorry, they didn't last. You know, you have people like Alexito, mm. shout out to Alexito, shout out to Dan K, shout out to um, DZK as well, shout out to Alexo. Those guys, they came in, but it was like poof in. Poof out. What genre were they doing? Ah, uh, they were they were disco. trying to sound like yeah, they were trying to sound like disco and disco and even the jivey sound of that time. Remember, baby, wala Colombo. That's not that's Alexito, eh? That's not disco. Though. That's not disco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like they, they had that, you know. No disco, no disco stopped in seventy nine. I'm talking of eighties now. No, no, no. Let's let's look at. You are going to continue, but the song you mentioned, it seemed to me like from the Doctor Olaya Waifu generation. Mm. And Those guys stuck to their guns, so they didn't yes. change. And then when these new guys came up, came up, yeah, Alexis. I, I'd like to believe that Chris they, and Bars they and they like more to the younger audience. Obviously. True, true. I mean, Nigeria was hot was at that, that time. A revolution, a kind of revolution. It was because it was hot. Everybody then, okay, we moved from the Afro era to putting Jerry Curls in our in our hairs. Like, mm. I mean, you see everybody on it. Come on, you were wearing then nineteen eighties. You were wearing denim jeans. Denim jeans, you know, taking pictures in front of your cars, you know, putting your hand and you know, trying to act like you are from Brooklyn or Bed Stuy. You get? Are you listening to hip jiving music? I mean, people were breaking in Nigeria. Mm. There's a club in Ujolegwa. My pops used to tell me about that club in Ujolegwa. Said that time it was huge. People would come around and you know, dance away their sorrows. Mm. It was a big deal. As at that time, so like stuff like that happened a lot. Mm. So like we had to sound like that all the time. So, so moving on from that, from that generation, uh, moving on to that generation, then we're going into the nineties. Now the nineties was completely different because as at this time, um, music had changed from the eighties sound to the nineties sound. So Nigerians were kind of like trying to ask. They didn't know how to you know take the sound because the approach was different. You know, then you had people in the US like next coming up, you know, songs like, you know, songs that were different. You had the Kid Sweat, you had the, you know, the early days of the two parks and the like. So, people were trying to understand, what can we do? What can we do? So, 90s was, a, I don't know, for, except for maybe 95 down. Early 90s was hard for Nigerian musicians, because mm. they didn't know where they were standing. People began to fade out like that. But of course, the OGs, traditional OGs were doing that. Ah, of course, trust me, those guys were there all the time. The guys who didn't last, the Alex... Mm, I don't like to say they didn't last. I yeah, just said they, they just they just packed up and left. Of course, they were they were still active in this early nineties. Yeah, yeah, they were they were, but weren't so much, yeah. you know. But like that's what I'm saying. That's why the early nineties was the fade off stage. That's when people began to go off. And then new kids. I mean, you can I, I, you can check the list of songs. It was almost like Nigeria's music industry was not evident from ninety one to ninety four. I can stand on that. Anybody should tell me. I would like to just, I would like to learn, learn, learn about what, what happened then. But I will tell you, 91 to 94, it was like nothing was happening in Nigerian music industry. Not like there were no songs out, but like there was this, it was like the fade out time. It was time for people to pack and go. Because it was a new, yeah, new stuff. So Nigeria went heavy on American arts at that time. Mm. Anybody that wanted to be cool, you had to listen to people from New York, people from, you know, that's when the Nazis were coming out. Yeah. The two, everybody knew the B.I.G. songs, you get, you can say salt and pepper. You sing 
push it like you were an American person, mm-hmm. and you know, so stuff like that. So when you're 95, people like you know, I think Plantation Boys, the Kenny's Music carry. Boys were coming around them, and then Remedies were already doing good, and then we had the Maintain guys coming in from 98. So the music that time, so 98 to 2000, there was already a change. You get mm-hmm. so when we're now sa- and then that's when we now started doing confirm sampling. You know what I'm talking about. We're going to get to that later, later. Yeah. Doing confirm sampling, and then, then we got the idea of you know what we we'll take these people's sound instead of doing like our OGs that would want to sound exactly like them. We we'll take this sound, take some parts of it, and we're not yeah, going to we put the make it. Nigerian elements. People like Tribesmen. They came yeah. in as of that late '90s, and they were doing really good as well. You know, we had we had these songs like Plenty, Plenty Things We're Not Supposed to Happen for This. You know those kind of songs, yeah. and we had lots of them as well. The LDs, the freestyles. Then we started having what year like, was um um what's the song now um two short nice two short nice them talk mm, mm, that should be 2006 and oh, okay. seven i was trying to say maybe it was around o two no no o two o two like songs i can remember o two o two o four Funny story, I know there was no particular year that Nelly was the one that was ruling the whole of Nigeria. The whole I'm world. very sure of that. I think two or two or three. That's the same dilemma song. Yeah, dilemma. Like not even dilemma. The entire album. Okay. Yeah, and then it was hard. Everybody was a Nelly fan. You see Nigerians put on the bandanas. Yeah. Put you yeah. know cut them, plaster and put Who it on the side. Who were the artists from the US popping at that time? Um. This okay. Joe. Okay. Joe did good. Jaru was still in his element at that point, and then we had the Fifty Cent. Mary J. Blige was for the, you know, the girls. And then we had a couple of, like... Yeah, we had the G-Unit guys, but there were a couple of, you know... I know that time, Fat Joe, Ashanti, Brandy. Those guys were cementing, like... Those were people they were were listening to. Yeah. You understand? The cool kids. Yeah, the cool kids. It's not like we didn't have Nigerian sounds. We had the Baba Fryos. We had the Zule Zoos. But those guys were not, like... They were there. It became a Nigerian... Nigerian music is one particular genre on its own. Yeah. Then there's now the Confirm Music. When did them um, Omodimeta and Sherry? Um, ah, um, Omodimeta is um, Plantation Boys, Plantation and, Boys and, and Tony Tetula. I should be. Don't hit my car. This was early Y2K. Yeah, it should be Y2K. Early. I think Hit My Car might be 99. Or 2000. Yeah, but is that. Um, is that. Yeah. I, people, you know, we like to call, especially music people and people that are like into movies and all. 99 and 2000 is almost the same years for them. They I don't regard sound, any as. Sounds of Tan, Jagbajanchis. That's 2001, I think. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Lecturer, Idris Abdukari, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But of course, what's evident from what we have said so far is that the American songs were pretty bigger. Yeah. The cooler kids were listening to... It was the cool kids, the rich kids, or maybe not exactly. If you were not listening to foreign songs, you were not there. You you were not the big boy if you don't know the, the, the American songs pretty much. Yeah, true. That's, that's, that, was, that was the progression. Until today now Until that we validated... Our own genre, Afrobeats that now pops. Yeah, so it is now cool, cool. In fact, if you are not doing Afrobeats now, honorary mention to Fela Nicola Pukuti because I think I skipped because you know why what, Fela, what decade Fela, was Fela, Fela started seventies, but it was I think it was the outlier. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was starting a new genre, so he wasn't mixing with any of the. Yeah, genre. yeah, he was on his. He was on his own. The class doing his own. World yeah, tour. so. I'm trying to say that it's not like we skipped him. We were talking yeah, about the but I just, crowd. I just felt like yeah. I felt the need because we're talking was, about progression of Nigerian yeah, music. Yeah. So we need to actually say honorary mention yeah, definitely. to Fela Nicola Pukuti because he stood it, he stood his ground and but, he was there for about three decades or more. At what point did Fela's Afrobeat hit jump to what we have today? 
Ah, you know, because it looks like there was a break. Baba died '97. Yeah. Now from '70s it was popping. Yeah. Maybe uh, of course it was popping. Was there a break at some point for his music? No, I don't think there was a break. I can't think of anyone because I remember. Um, so this is 25. Shakara is '77. This is 25 years straight. Yeah, on the steady. Of, of, of from, yeah, on the steady. But our new wave of Afro beats. Mm. Baba died 77. 97. 97. This new whiskey wave, mm. because whiskey is the face of the of the, of the genre. Yeah. I would like to believe started maybe 2010. Yeah, I think I, I would go with 2010. 2010. Because as at 2008, we had the nicest. Yeah, Gongoso. and that was we an X project. That was pop. That All was of pop. them were doing pop. So oh, from no. that '99 to the new Afro mm. beat with the S wave with the S, what what were Nigerians doing? What was the definition of that sound? That's what I'm. I feel like I feel like hip hop. Pop, yeah, hip hop. Yeah, people are trying to like pop. Yeah, people are still no, doing no, the no, no, Afro pop came up later, later. You know, that's what I'm saying. The, that's 2000 to like 2008 or 2009 we were like legit everywhere mm. we were trying to jump on every sound because okay. we were trying to find a face for ourselves we we'll do hip hop I mean, if your hip hop was you know shit we we'll we'll like it and you know we we'll vibe for now and then we we'll do the dance culture song yeah. back, 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 anything that would make us dance we'll do the Ajay, Ajay letter. yeah and there was one time I remember Conga to you know, that was just pure vibes. African time. Yeah, I think it was pure vibes, you understand? And yeah. then we'll do, you know, there's we're literally everywhere. Yeah. Every sound we're digesting. I mean, there was a time where Hips Don't Lie was the biggest song in Nigeria. Mm. You know, that's oh, like 0506, right? Shakira. So all those times, all those era, but I think from 2008, the moment the MIS came out, then we got like a standing of, okay, this is what we could like. We This is what we feel like hip-hop, Nigerian hip-hop should sound like. So people started accepting that sound. Yeah. And then we had the Gongwaso. Yeah. Then we had the indigenous rap coming into play. A lot of us just said, Shalubadi. So then, then everything changed. And then people now say, okay, you know what? I think at that point, slowly, we now started to get into the, let's take Fela's beat, put it as the I don't know. I, I, and I'm sure that make sounds. I know, I know people are working on a documentary for Afrobeat and they are doing an extensive search on it. Yeah. But I would like to know where the first definition of this new Afrobeats sound came from? I think it's just it's like drip 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 drip. When I mean drip drip drip, it's like I don't know, like small small. You know where like yeah. something is like growing Put the pieces together. Yeah, putting pieces. Together. I feel like yeah, I'll probably need to go. It wasn't deliberate, was it? Do, it no, it wasn't. Was. I don't think it was. I don't like. I'm, I know some mojis will say they knew the way. No, people just caught up. That's what happened. And then it was Afrobeats, it was there, but then we can't take away Fela's influence throughout that time. That's not possible, there's no way. So, even if they it. were doing hip hop, a lot of them were probably picking Fela's lines, obviously. A lot of them were doing activism music, yeah, socially conscious music, people like African conscious China. music, and would so, uh, Shoki, yeah, all of them yeah. were. And the closest figure we could point that to was Fela, yeah, he was the hard guy, ah, man. Fela went to prison, came back. Went harder. Yeah. So, uh, I'm trying to say that whether the sound of Afrobeats as defined by Fela was not used from 97 to whenever time the new Afrobeats wave came, even if they weren't using the sound, they were using Baba's influence mm-hmm. as an activist and, you know, social crusader. Uh, that's that for uh, progression of African sounds. 
from our perspective of course this are this is just our view of the industry it's fine for anyone to disagree yeah and in that's fact, fine completely fine educate us if you may I mean, uh so that's that let's get to samples for today uh like we said cool and the gang um alpha or genie p square um nelson set the tone for the conversation yeah um okay uh we're talking about cool and the gang as i said i'm like a personal fan cool and the gang i think they were the first group or first band that i actually got like wave of when i was growing up i heard a lot of my father is i think let me use the word he punished me hmm. with listening to the commodores michael jackson cool and the gang Tavares. So all these guys, I already knew them for a very long time. Was this while they were popping? He was listening. Or this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Years my, after. my popsy bought. Like I don't know, man. I think my popsy should be an OG when it comes to like holding music till a particular point. He actually just stopped. Mm. My popsy used to buy the original records. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Like original records. The same way people would go out and get records. My popsy had mm. the first time I listened to Michael Jackson, Off the Wall. That was the first Michael Jackson song I heard in my life. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I think mine was Beat It. I didn't know Thriller. I didn't know Beat It. I didn't oh, know Beat Thriller. It. In Thriller. fact, it got. It took me a while before I knew this was the same guy. Because in the Off the Wall album, I remember the entire track list. You know, I had Off the Wall first. Off the Wall was the first song that I was going to play. Ah, tonight. Enjoy your That song. I don't know. I know a lot of people don't know that song. That's 1979. But like, I got on with that song. And I, I remember the song I loved the most out of that album was rock with you i loved that song so much so i was i was already you know used to the wave but then i think cool and the gang had more influence on me because they had songs that were you know you could dance to you would enjoy and it was also songs that people knew Hmm. you understand like most nigerians would say they know cool and the gang they had because i think they were around one time i don't know whether 80s i think it was late 80s they were in nigeria so people know them. So Kula the Gang is like legit Hall of Fame in Nigeria. Now, one of the uh, songs that I, you know, I was checking up. Okay, before this, let's let, let me check up some of their songs. And I, uh, I, I, I saw Cherish. Cherish yeah. is like the one who that hit me the uh, most. Yeah, Cherish your love. I think yeah. it's a perfect radio song. Yeah, I'm sure it was big on radio at the time. But yeah, of course. No, no, man, there was Ladies Night though. Yeah. And, oh, and Ladies Night was. It, 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 it just is it's an emotional story for me yeah like, it's, it's a song that would bring emotions and unlike the others that are were pure dance songs oh, get down uh, on it um, celebration on yeah it. i think there are a few others so um fresh too now i want us to dictate the timeline properly okay for p square and folks like oxlade and alpha Eugene to be able to find stuff like that Cool and the gang. Yeah. What do you think was the break or connection from that generation to this generation? Now, P Square dropped a Jaju in 2014. 14. Yeah. Alpha Genius album came out 2018. And somehow they found that influence. Do you think it was because they are always checking for older sounds or Cool and the gang was big enough to still be getting played in these times yes because i feel like even growing up for me if i had not listened to cool and the gang from my pops i would have listened to cool and the gang from the radio or How i would have they are still on radio i mean that songs are, are so big, big? I'm, I'm i'm still are we speaking of nigerian radio right yes now? i'm talking of nigerian radio there's no nigerian throwback session that is complete without the cool and the gang song Ooh. quote me anyway <laughs> yeah i'm saying that 
I mean, you have the people like Billy Ocean that people listen to, Tavares sometimes because they have jivey songs. But you can't do a confirmed playlist for two hours. I mean, Kula and the Gang were one of the biggest acts in the eighties. They, they spent three hundred and sixty-three weeks on Billboard. Whoa. So that's not even it's not no jokes. These guys are not. They were not just. A, they were not, the annoying thing is, is they don't even have as much Grammys. They only have one. Hmm. And it's, it's because it's really not about the Grammys because there are too many musicians, yeah, yeah, too right. many great musicians. Yeah, there's one thing I saw on my show. I'm like, if you could make the Billboard once in the 80s, to me, you're a star, yeah, legit. Because trust me, they were the competition was so much. I could call 100 artists that people might know 50, hmm. so that should tell you something that these guys were actually putting in hard work. So, we agree that, um, Alpha or Genie, because I, I'd like to believe that that chorus was suggested by Oxlade. Oxlade is uh, yeah. amazing, Oxlade by is, the way. is like an old tool too. You yeah. Because so. I, I, saw, I saw an interview. It was in text though. I read the interview. I read yeah. through. And you know, you could see that this guy wasn't... He knew the song. It's not a small boy in a small boy. Yeah. Boy, he, boy's he knew the songs. Like he knew them before now. Yeah. And he still knows them now. So like those songs when those songs are not like off to him. I'm sure he's the kind of person that would be able to say, ah, it's a bit song. It's a bit song. And there, song. there are generations or there is a generation of young Nigerian musicians who are looking up on old music. Yeah, Odunsi the Engine. Odunsi Shout the out engine, to him. Lady Donnelly. Yeah. I mean, you guys played a song, Odunsi and Davido. When you guys played that old song, I, I can't remember the title, but Odunsi and Davido. I can't remember now too. Titled Divine. As soon as I heard that song, I knew it came from Divine. We'll, we'll deal with that on another episode. So, yeah. talking about young Nigerians, why is it important to go back to old music? I feel like, um, like I said, I think I said in the first episode, there are a lot of untapped, you know, resources. Mm. Sometimes recycling is like the best thing to do. What am I saying? Every time recycling is the best thing to do. You mean you get normal life, you get you know the normal like maybe your plastic turn into something else. Mm. Same thing you do with music. You listen to an old song, you know how the song sounds. Reinvent, don't steal off because I, I don't like that. I really hate covers. I'm sorry because the covers will cause issues of you know which one sounds better. I don't like that, uh, but but people say covers because nowadays covers are like part of the culture, yeah. But I really don't like I'm, I know I don't know a lot of people like I mean, covers. some artists particularly say I can't wait to hear your covers of this song. I do not like covers, I personally do not like covers. Funny story is, I have a couple of covers that I feel were better than the original songs. So I'm not a hypocrite. I I know what the sounds the, are good, but the, I do not like them. What is the perception of the general, you know, general music pundits or if there's anything like that, music critics on covers? I, I mean, they don't have a problem with it as far as it's done well. Yeah, as far as it's done well. What about artists who make the original music? Have there ever been cases where the original artists be like, yo? No, I, no, I don't like this. No, when you make a cover, it's different because you have to credit the artist. You didn't write, you didn't produce. You're just singing again. So you are when, when you are doing your credits. A lot of the person is created like as, but yeah, yeah. Especially like the OGs, you know, they don't see any problems. Like, oh wow, you're doing my song again. That's really nice. And uh, it might give them airwave, you know. And nowadays, where you have like technology, people can actually go back to listen to the yeah, original song. song. I remember I was one day on YouTube and I saw, I think Shadi Adu's um, "Sweetest Taboo" that was sampled by you know Burner Boy. And I, well, I was checking because that's what I do on the reg. You know, sometimes I just go to YouTube and check up on videos. And I saw a couple of people writing on the comment section. If you are here because of burner, 
you know, like yeah, yeah, you know yeah, those yeah. kind of stuff. And so you see two hundred like yeah, and some yeah, something like that. And you see that okay, Shadi Adu is like she was a major yeah. um, person in the nineties as well. She understands so late eighties. More 80s. numbers go to her. More numbers go to her. So she'll be like win-win for both ways. Yeah. So uh, it's not such a bad thing. Cool, cool. Let's get to it. So um um, how much how big? Or let's say, what are the what are the features of mm. this song titled "Get Down on It" by Kool and the Gang? How successful was it? Kool uh, um, and the Gang "Get Down on It" was the most successful song of the album in 1981. Something special. That's why I said like there were great songs there. Funny story. Uh, I, I remember I was going to say this. Kool and the Gang "Get Down on It" was on the side B of that record, that album. The album. And you know what side B was at that time? There was a notion. This is not official. This is not official. What I'm about to say, but there was a notion that songs that made side B are the leftovers. Yeah, or the songs that they are, they are the songs we use that we call now album fillers. Okay, bonus tracks. Exactly. So not, not like bonus tracks, but like we need to come an album. Okay, we need seven songs. Yeah. Okay, we have four solid ones that we think are good. Yeah. And then we make. Wow. Funny story. I don't know why they were thinking like that, but that same time, get down on it was the first single they pushed out. Hmm. From the album, uh, a lot of times they like to do all those. So I just give you like, okay, this is a feel of what you want from the album itself. Now, now this is a good segue to uh, P Square's Double Trouble 2014 album. Yeah, where they are dropped singles like Shikini, they are just dropped singles like Ejajo, and one more with uh, Dave Scott. Bring it on. Yeah, I remember that song very well. So, Life no go sweet oh. Yeah, I like that song. P Square, ha- they have a catalog. A solid catalog, yeah. and that's a topic for another day. So, you were talking about singles coming out before the album. Yeah. Now, P Square had pushed a Jaju, which of course was a perfect single. Uh, a Jaju, um, um, like I said, bring it on, and Shekini, uh from b- before that album came, and those were like the major successful songs. I think the real idea behind putting Get On It was because they wanted to see whether the crowd was or the audiences would accept the sound. Because hmm. this is like 1981. This was where people were like... I mean, thinking about the sounds of 1981, I think the two big songs in 1981 that I can think of is The Silver's Comeback Lover, which hmm. was a solid hit. Then we had The Lakeside Fantastic Voyage, hmm. solid hit. These were people that were transitioning from the 70s down to the 80s. So you know that 80s time they're still they're still like we're finding our voice. I mean, Cool and the Gang had seven albums out before 1970. Yo. So that they were not joking. So I mean, they have 24 albums to date. So that, as at that time they were trying to see what can we do, what can we do that is going to make us stay in line and you know not you know not digress. People would still enjoy our sound. So they just I think it was a true, true like they, they threw it out, mm. like they thrown out. Okay, listen to the sound. Let's see what you think about it. Standing on 
featuring T.I. sampled some part of yeah. Kola and the gang get down on it which yeah. I think is just two lines uh, and if you want to get down the progression of the beat I think yeah hey, I just realized something now there's actually two songs that were sampled in that song okay. but I think we'll not talk about the other song now so I'll try to avoid it okay. but there were two songs sampled in that song no. I just realized now uh, should we start from production or let's talk about the vocals that were picked from yeah. down on it Yeah, that's that um if you want to get down. down. Yeah. Just that's that. there's no there's a line, there's a long line to that the line that gets to that point. And uh, get ready if you want to get down. But when we play the snippet and people would obviously listen yeah, and they'll say, uh, you want to get down? That's exact uh-huh. that line. That uh-huh. Shall you go low, low. Okay, Can you see? The yeah. We push that oh, but 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 I think this is the perfect time to talk about the song because we'll never come back to P Square. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So shall you go low, low, low? That's tipping now. Tipping, yeah. right? Which is good because I'm sure they would have heard the song before. I'm maybe probably writing the, this one and okay, let's 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 put in this one too. So some of these things are done unconsciously from what I think. So um produced by VTech, um how much how much because the beat is like the the best part of the song. Can I say that? Yeah, that beat was yeah, you know was fire. Listen listen to the beat now. I don't think it got the any dance s- song. That's yeah. a pop song. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's a pop song. You know, this one is for dance. Yeah. And I think they kind of like vibe because Get Down On It as at that time. That's Get Down, beginning of Get Down On This. Uh, um, how's that sound again? What do you wanna go? No, well, there. so there's this, is this it's slow pace. The uh, uh, so it's, there's this slow pace then yeah. getting into it. But this um, Ejajo is, 
fast. No. Bah, bam bah, bam. Bah, bah. So like that's 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 different from the usual sound. So that's I'm sure they looked for a place to put that in and mm. you know make that exception. So I like okay, it sounds different. But anybody that knows Kola Nigga, that moment, moment you listen to that part, you like, yeah, I know that sound. So um, Ti was featured. Um, that was a, a, a time in in Pisquare's discography. I know they featured Rick Ross on Oyinye remix. Yeah, I think yeah. That was later, later. That was later. That was later. That was later. Was Ti their first major international collab? No. Thinking, I don't think so. I'm not sure. I don't think so. 2014? Okay. Nah, yeah. I don't think so. It must have featured, it must have featured some videos. I don't think so. Uh, so that's that about um, the P-Square feature. What year again? Let's do a recap. Um, P-Square featuring TI in 2014 yeah. from the album Double Trouble, produced by B-Tech. Yeah, solid. Uh, TI came through on that song. Do you yeah. know any song that was produced by B-Tech around that time? Nah, I know another song on, on the Double Trouble album. I think he produced two songs. Yeah, two, Shaking Nini. Was it shaking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I produced that. I don't song even too. know Vitek. I mean, this is like the first time I'm. Oh, well, I think I, I I caught wave of him at that point. People were talking about the producer. Of course, shaking and that um beat for Ejajo was really good. There are many producers that have stopped, or they are no longer available now. Yeah, Doctor Frabs. Um, oh, Doctor Frabs. There, there, there was H Cole. Doctor Frabs. That's, that reminds me of um. That green. Uh, that green, yeah, that green, that green. and YQ, yeah. Uh, that was the first introduction. My first introduction to Doctor Fraps. Now, each code, I'd have to check. I think, uh, okay, there was, there was Icon, there was H code. Mm. I'm trying to find out. I think, Icon, I really love Icon, man. Yeah, those were those Icon were, is solid. Big producers. It's not where still a good big producer to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. Now, Alpha Odini, um featuring Oxlade. Featuring P1 Mali, featuring Yoye on a song titled Bolly and Fish. Bolly and Fish. Part one. Yeah. So there's I'm no sorry, issue. Part two is coming. I said there's no and issue whatsoever. The second album, Chameleon on Part two did not, did not come, so it's probably coming on another album. Yeah, yeah. I'm now, looking forward to that. What part of um Cool and the Gangs? Get down. Get down on Get down. On, get down. Get on, down. They did that like a couple of times. They now go to. Today, today, oh, baby, to get yeah, down yeah, on it, get down yeah, on it. Yeah, so that, that that part, that part, yeah, that part was, you know, solidly sampled. Just and one line. Yeah, yeah, just one line. That's the funny thing Coco about... below. Get, get down, down on it. But the good thing about, like, all the samples is that, you know, you could just, like I said, like we said in the first episode, one bar, one line, medley, melody, rhythm, progression. As far as there's one part of music... That was cut out to be redone somewhere else. You have it wasn't sampled. cut out in this case. It was said. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But I mean, like you know, yeah. You know, you take that part out and you just you know we did it again. That's that's sampling. Yeah. But I have to say something about Bonnie and Fish. I think I like the approach towards it. I mean, it was it wasn't once the get on it was kind of like a it was major part of the, part entire, of the song. Yeah, hook. The yeah. Course. So like it wasn't like just small. It played a major part. Yeah, and it was really good and well put together. I need a big shout out to Afro Jennifer. Mm. Making that song like that, you know, really cool, There's fresh, Niger vibes too. On the on that album, Half Price, that I played for you and you recognize must have been sampled. I think it was. Probably don't remember. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll look. We'll look at that. I will check that out again. We'll I think. That, uh, funny story. I I have come across. I think Alpha Genie samples a lot. 
He's a producer, so mm. you expect that from him. Yeah. And I, I expect, and I like his sampling. Sampling is really good. There's actually one particular song I'm going to probably tell you after the show because it's like there's one particular song in time that I just remembered now. Okay. I sampled from that al- that mm. album. Yeah. So that's that about um, Bolly and Fish. Is a part. It's a party jam. I like it because I mean the raps, Alpha's raps on that song are just you know vibes. Yeah. Flexing. Party jam, but it's like it's like it's like it's like it's in the rap. Yeah, I really like that song. I don't yeah. know why that song didn't do more than it's like I, I mean, expected more. If we start talking about um artists who make amazing music but don't get enough recognition, there are, there are tons of them. There are true, so, true, so true. many of them. So, but of course, I, I believe that in due time, everybody gets their gets their chance to. Yeah to you know people see the work ethic people see the progress and they'll be like yo it's time for you to be, to be up there so yeah. but then there are lots of artists lots of them man lots of them I, I'm wondering if it was the same it was ever like if it was ever this much at some point yeah it like was like you mentioned uh, the 80s being overcrowded but yeah, nowadays for- in Nigerian music for instance every like everywhere you look on Twitter this is into my music. This is into yeah, music. yeah. Because I think music now, you know, one of the things that is different from the old time, the old times, and now is the fact that like now there's money in music. Mm. As at that time, the money there was wasn't wasn't so much, much, but people were making music. I I used to tell my one of my friends that we worked together that you know um during the eighties eighties era there was we had too many musicians like really good ones. People like Jocelyn Brown, Green Guthrie, Tavares. Tavares didn't even get as much vibe. Tavares is like, Tavares, example of, let me use Tavares as an example. Tavares is your faves fave. <laughs> That's the word they use now, right? Yeah. But imagine, let's say it like this, your faves faves that did not uh, do as well. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Tavares was new edition that became really big. Yeah. Bell Beef Devo, the Bobby Browns. Tavares was like the they were like gods to them. Mm. And these guys, they did way better than Tavares. Yeah. In terms of like publicity, getting awards and everything. I mean, these mm. guys... So a lot of artists, a lot of acts, a lot of producers looked at those guys as, you know, the go-to guys. Mm. So, and because of, you know, the... I wouldn't say the music industry was overpopulated, but there was a major structure. We had people that, you know, in a record label, I think they still do it now. I'm very sure they still do it now. You might have like six acts in the record label. You would have one, two, three, four, five hierarchy. Yeah. In terms of how you release songs, the power you have. I'm going to use an example of one particular record label I know very well. Solar Records yeah. had Solar Records had Midnight Star. Midnight Star is a song curious that sang um, Wet My Whistle. That's for people that know old school music. Solar Records had Shalama. I'm sure you know Shalama. I do. Um Full of Fire. Let me remember. Get ready. Tonight, cause it's a night for us to remember. I've probably listened before, but full of fire. Night to remember. They had the whispers. I'm sure you know the whispers. And the beat goes on. Yeah, bands. And the beat goes on. And they had dynasty. Oh, that reminds me of the the nice this song. Yeah. Anything goes on. Yeah, that's. I shall so dumb. Yeah, that's from the whispers, and the beat beat goes on. And that's number. And the number four was dynasty. In the same record label, mm. so obviously they had to be hierarchy had to come into play. Mm. Whispers were OGs; they were OGs far before Solar Records was made by Dick Griffey. So obviously, they would be number one. Number two, Shalama, because what they had Jeffrey Daniels. 
that would dance every song that would dance and you know people like them they looked you know very nice cool mm. a band of two a, a group of two male and a female they had the third group midnight star because they did a couple of songs that blew up Madder's Touch after the Madder's Touch anybody that knows that song you know I'm sure they'll be crazy when they hear this song okay. so yeah OG that's number three and then you have Dynasty now Dynasty has mad catalog like if you listen to Dynasty songs now you realize these guys didn't get as much as they should have mm. but the hierarchy was against them you understand so that's what happened then because there were so many musicians that were good it's not like now that everybody's vibing. Yeah. Those guys put in actual work. Nowadays, I feel um, you can you can plan your your journey in any industry over a period of ten years, whether yeah. or not you have talent. Yeah. If you need a strategist, I'm sure there are a few guys who can help. Ah, you. sure, sure. I'm sure I get guys. If that you would. have talent, there is a road for you to to take. If you yeah. don't have talent, there is another successful road for you. Yeah. It might be funny, but with the right strategies in this industry, where people promote their songs you want to watch a particular song on youtube and one song four <laughs> minutes to play before i mean so this is a full-time business where you can plan your way into the industry yeah. okay i'm going in for five years to become an influencer i want to create an image i'm going to drop two albums i'm going to have songwriters i'm going to promote my way into stardom um, there is a way to I, I, I like to say something too i've been sharing a lot of people castigating people that don't write songs um just so we know uh, I don't want to talk about it now. Probably in our next episode, I would talk more. I on think it. that knowledge is becoming old and old. Yeah, yeah. The like, the biggest songs, realize. the biggest songs we know, the biggest songs we love, were not written by the artists that sang them. Yeah, four people writing. One. Come on, I know, I know, I can expose five to eight groups right now, but don't let us do that today. Yeah, <laughs> recap of producers that worked on the three songs that we featured today: Cool and the Gang. Uh, Get Down on It was produced by Um Yumo Diodato and the Cool and the Gang crew. That's part of the mem. He was part of the members. Yeah, I know, I know. You know, Jizato wasn't part of the members. Oh, okay. But the person that actually produced with him was Robert um, Bell. That's Cool himself. The okay. person that has the name Cool and okay. the gang himself. He was the leader of the band. Yeah, he was the leader of the band for a very long time till James J.T. Taylor started taking songs. Pretty Get much. Get on it was taken by James J.T. Taylor, not oh. Cool. Nice. Peace Squares uh, was produced by VTech. Yeah. And um, Bolly and Fish by Alf Jenny was self produced. Caused by Alpha Gene featuring Oxlade, of course, and P1 Mali and Yoye. I need to know what P1 Mali and Yoye did. I'm going to no, find no, out. No, one of them, both of them had verses. Verses? Yeah, listen again. Ah. I need to be double sure, but wow. I think um, Alpha's verse came first. Um, I'm not sure who, but I'm sure P1 Mali and Yoye had verses. That's the package. Um, Sample Axis Podcast, episode three. Twitter, uh, if you want to find us now, send Twitter. Yes, uh, my Twitter handle is at N W A E N I E capital N. Find me on Facebook, Buega Deoya. Find me on Twitter, Buega underscore Deoya. Thank you for listening. Please share with your friends. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. We'll see you next time here on the podcast. Pull up, pull up, pull up with your belly and fish. Get down. Salah don't bust up, but I don't pass it down here Mazi Alpha no come, I hope you saw me Where my niggas them do, them don't they shock it for me This no jam, we'll go to start a party, yo 
more time. Why you had the jam brother? You can get down on it. Oh, get down on it. Today, today, oh, Chevy gotta get down on it. Fish for the man them. Shall you go the flow for the girl them? Sipping on my drinks from